Hey everybody, welcome to the Easy Podcast. This is episode four. I'm Zach and this is... Eric. Yeah, we're getting really good at that. So this is episode four and today we're going to be talking about Venom and a couple other things. So uh, let's get started off with... Um, Eric, what have you been watching? Uh, I, w- I, I took the wife and we went and saw Crazy Rich Asians. You finally saw it. We did. Yeah. yeah. How was we it, did. man? It was a late show. Um, it was well done, actually. Yeah. It was a little scary because it was very... There's definitely parts that parallel my wife's family and just the culture and that kind of thing so um her and i had some great discussions about it and we're sitting there and it was cool because it's kind of at the end of its theatrical run and Mm -hmm. and and we're in the theater all by ourselves so so, that's always nice so we took some freedom Mm -hmm. and and put your feet up and yeah i'm pointing to the i'm pointing to the different characters i'm like okay who's that in your family i'm like oh that's that's (laughs) this person oh yeah it was pretty fun yeah that's great um, I finished up Maniac. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. If I need to go watch you, it. Yeah, if you haven't seen any of it yet, and if you're a listener, just stop listening to this and go watch Maniac. Just binge it all the way through. It's great. It gets weird and weird and weird, and yeah, I, it's probably one of the best things on Netflix right now for sure. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Jonah Hill's amazing in it. Um, Kerry Fukunaga directs all the episodes, and it's just... Um, the, the breakout character, which I, I like in a lot of things is Justin Theroux. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but, um, he was the main character in, or main actor in, um, this show on HBO called the leftovers and he's great in that, but he is on like another level weird in this and it's just perfect. So yeah, go check out maniac when you get a chance. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we've been watching some stuff, but, uh, what have you, what have you been working on? Anything, anything particular? So next week, um, I'm headed to Vid Summit, which I'm excited about that. Well, I guess when this drops, it'll be this week. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So this week, when you're listening to this, I'm probably sitting in a classroom mm-hmm. learning learning a bunch of stuff, which is cool. Excited about always growing and learning. Um, and the other thing that I'm excited about is is that um, I've kind of threw myself out there. I've, I've been on these different forums and, and different things, and I realized that it's been 25 years this year Jeez. from when I first picked up a camera. And so I'm like, hey, I, I kind of threw it out there on this one uh, Facebook group that I'm on, and I said, hey, if I did like a 25-year video of my journey in photography and film, would you, would you want us to just see one long video? Sure break it up into five parts or, you know, make it a series or something mm-hmm. like that. And it seems to make more sense to do like these five to 10 minute short. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Five, five part series. So it's kind of, you know, a biography piece to some degree. And uh, since I'm going to be in LA next week, it's cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can go back to my old alma yeah, mater. Yeah. Where it all started. And walk the halls and do kind of like some B roll and the they let you in the school. Yeah. I mean, it's a public it's, it's a public school in California. Yeah. They'll let anybody in there. Yeah, <laughs> And they're probably hoping that I don't have a parking pass so they can give, me, give a, me a ticket. Get a ticket you don't have to some, pay it. Make some money. Just, well, I would. I would oh, pay it. right. it's a, that's, a, that's a moral dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I just finished up principal photography on the narrative series. Yes. Yeah. So, Tell us about that. Yeah. It was, man, it was a really cool experience. We, we lit... Um, 100% of our key on subjects and talent were uh, the, the quasars. Mm-hmm. We didn't use tungsten for anything. So that was, I think, my first time not not just jumping into the back into the airy kit and, and pulling out the 1K or whatever in a softbox. So it, it, was a, it was a different experience in a lot of ways. And the whole thing was lit with LEDs. We didn't use 
any traditional lighting at wow. all. Um, you know, now, mo- moonlight and everything was, yeah, it's all LED. Now, did you, going into this project, was that a, a, the decision that you made that you wanted to kind of challenge yourself on, not, not falling back to? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways I wanted to see just how far or how, how reliable and, um, you know, what you could do with these LED lights. And mm. if you were using them in just a normal situation, I mean, there is a bit of um, a bit of limitation because the the quasars that we have they're four foot and they're so they're a little big for certain situations. So I mean, you lighten a house, you got to kind of get creative with how you're you're gripping them and everything and and rigging them. And um, but we made it work. It was it was really cool. And some of the stuff you know I, I've jumped into color grading some of it, um, some of the dailies and things like that. And yeah, man, it's it's really cool. Uh, it's I've I'm been really happy with the way that it's coming and um that those tiff and black pro mist filters just are money like just money well spent and i'm, I'm really glad that we got them so yeah. yeah it's been a great project yeah that's cool i'm excited to see that now will the listeners be able to see that anyway well you can well, check out my instagram i've got a couple screenshots from it at zach abbott's um just look at uh, i think three or four different different grabs from there but i'll have some more up um once it gets edited i'm not i'm not doing the edit so somebody else will um but yeah i'll be doing the color grading on it and that'll be towards the end of october when that'll when that'll premiere so cool yeah i'll uh, i'll post more as it comes out and when it's released will, will it be online anywhere yeah it should be on i think uh i think it'll be on youtube somewhere oh cool yeah so. yeah make sure we'll add a link in that episode yes yeah we will post a link to that yeah all right i want to talk about something before we get to our featured presentation okay and it's the theater experience. <laughs> yeah, you get get a drink of water because yeah. <laughs> you're gonna need you're gonna need all your talking abilities here. Right. Well, let's set this up. So interesting part of the theater that we watched this movie in. Yeah. They just renovated maybe two months ago. So that was a n- new renovation. That was a new renovation. They had that that particular theater room blocked off for probably six six weeks and renovated it and and, that's what they did and did all the fit for the dolby cinema stuff okay so first off um i'm going to preface this by we're going to rip well at least i'm going to totally rip apart two very large giant companies that are in the film industry Mm -hmm. right now amc and dolby Mm -hmm. um wow Uh, so we went to an amc screening um last night for venom and did the Dolby Dolby Cinema experience, whatever they yep. call it, and it was forty dollars for my wife and I to go. Just that was just tickets, hmm. and I was like, "This better be worth it," and it wasn't. <laughs> well, you're kind of spoiled with the Cineca Pre stuff. I know. Yeah, I mean, we we have the this the theater that we usually go to for at least tentpole movies like this is this giant eighty foot screen that has a Dolby Atmos sound system. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really missing much. So going to the Dolby cinema the screen was just a normal size screen and then walking in it was just it was this ugly black just carpet on the walls the speakers were not shy at all they were just way out there no it just didn't look like it did not look like a $40 experience right and I think that's that's one part of my problem is that when you're paying for a product and you're paying a higher like a higher cost for that product it should look and like kind of feel for sure it it felt like a higher product a little bit <laughs> felt uh-huh. yeah yeah we'll get to that in a second <laughs> i'm gonna get to that in a second um but it did definitely did not look like a higher product mm, mm-hmm. and i i mean 16 you know 20 20 after tax and everything 
per ticket. It was it was too much. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like it, it looked like a new like they put a fresh coat of paint on a, on a regular theater. Yeah. It, it didn't it wasn't like, hey, let's make this full experience. And if you are in the Phoenix area and you know what Harkins Seneca Pre is and have been to that theater, you know. I mean, it's it's very elegant. The the they have the leather recliners yeah. and, and the whole experience from start to finish, even to the point when they're greeting you walking in. Right. It's is, it's an is, it's an entire throwback to the way yeah. that movie theaters used to be back in yeah. the fifties and sixties and yeah, it's it's crazy um, yeah. that that we paid this much money for. We walk in and it's just it's as bright as a Walmart. Yeah, that was surprising to me. I've been in that same theater a dozen times. Okay, since the re- remodel, it has never had those lights on. I mean, it's it. just bright fluorescence that were just house lights, basically just turned on full blast. But and yeah, not even the house. I mean, they were like we're we're cleaning up. Yeah, like after everybody's gone, yeah. lights at a hundred percent. I've never seen that. Yeah, it was it was bad. So I, that was like my first strike was walking in, seeing just the total lack of care for aesthetic. Yeah. And then the lights. And I was like, okay. And then my wife and I sit down and we realized that one of the light panels is hanging off the ceiling. <laughs> I saw that picture. Oh my gosh. It, and I was like, okay, well there's, there's another one. And then we sit down and these, these chairs might be the most, I mean, I'm, I'm first world problem here, Yeah. but they might be the most uncomfortable reclining theater chairs I've been in. Hmm. So they don't recline all the way back and the right. legs don't go all the way up. They only right. give you like a weird, like 45 little, thing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then the other issue we had is my wife at one point had to get up to go to the restroom and you can't see the buttons. Right. Yeah. Because everywhere else, all the other yeah. reclining chairs, they're just a, a hard, a, a physical button right. on the side that you can just push left, you know, front or back. These were like five different options that you could choose from and they were all touch screen, but the yeah. screen only lit up if you hit it exactly right. perfect on a button. So right. she's fumbling around with it for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, and then I'm trying to get up once the movie's over, and I can't figure it out, and the lights are kind of on, so it was just not a very great design. Yeah, it's not a good the user interface, user experience on the controls for the chair. Yeah, is is a miss. I I sure. didn't care for it at all, and then just to get into the Dolby Cinema experience itself, um, I mean the sound system is great. There wasn't there was you know I could understand I can the center speaker and everything I could hear dialogue great and everything. But it's it basically vibrates your chair um, whenever there's there's low end in in the scene, right? And kind of like the D box, yeah. And it, it's not it's not quite as extreme as that, but yeah. it, it was, man, it was it was it kind of became nauseating after a while because <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it, like a, a you know another like a car drove by. It was like they added they added that whatever speaker system that was, you know, whatever speaker channel that was, they added it every single time they thought they needed it. Yeah. And to me, like, we're, they're, you know, cinemas, movie theaters, they're really trying to work on getting people back into the theater. Yeah. You know, because there's been a huge drop off. And to me, it's it's a cleaner sound system and a bigger screen that's going to keep me and, and an aesthetically pleasing room that's going to keep right. me going to the theater. Right. 
um, brighter, cleaner yeah, picture. Yeah, but I don't Richard think Darks, right. I mean, give me blacks, give me four yeah. K projection that's yeah, yeah. you know truer blacks and yeah, right. Yeah. And um, I just I don't think adding vibration to low end sound systems is is worth the extra six dollars for the ticket. Well, I think I think here's the issue in my opinion is that they overdid it. It's like when you, it's like the first yeah. time you discover lens flares, right, or light flares, and you're like. And somebody just goes nuts. And well, that's actually a, that's a really good point because I was you, you just made me think of when when 3D came out again, mm-hmm. the whole avatar craze, and then everybody started doing post conversion 3D, and it was just this flood of terrible post conversion mm-hmm. 3D that came out that you were paying an extra seven dollars for, yeah. but you didn't really want it. Yeah, um, this feels this feels like it's too much of a gimmick, and mm-hmm. it's not really nece- necessary to enjoy the theater. I, I at no point was I like, yeah, man, this is really immersing me in this moment, uh, especially towards the end of, of Venom, which we'll get to in a minute. I just felt like just stop, like just stop. I, I already can't tell what's happening on screen. I don't need my <laughs> my, my seat shaking as well, you know. So maybe the, maybe the seat shake was supposed to be a distraction from what wasn't happening on the maybe, screen. Maybe, yeah, you know that <laughs> it worked. I guess. Um, oh, that's funny. The other thing too, um, I haven't been to AMC's the biggest theater chain in I think the world right now, and because they just bought another company or something a while ago, I might be wrong on that, but. Um, they're huge and I, there's a lot of corporatism and like, just, mm-hmm. it's just everything that like the theater felt corporate. I mean, my wife was saying that the theater felt like a casino mm. and she was right. The, yeah. the, the carpet's weird, the low had low ceilings and the, just the signage and everything just felt like a casino that yeah. you were being like just shuffled through. But I haven't been to a large as large as this corporate theater in, in a quite a while. And I, I know I'm, I'm being very privileged here while I'm speaking, but 25 minutes of previews before the movie even started. Well, I haven't, I haven't had to deal with that in a long time. Yeah. Here was the problem that I had. So you bring up the previews. You mentioned earlier, the bright lights. Yeah. The bright lights were still on when the preview started. Yep. And okay. So if it was like the pre-show previews, you know, you get there 15 minutes early and they've got kind of their house B-roll or their house roll or whatever yeah, it is yeah. and it's that behind the scenes yeah, thing that yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, right. And so if I didn't see that, not a big deal. But I see the trailer for Captain Marvel kind of. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's totally so washed bright. out. I'm like, yeah. can so, and I literally I turn around in the theater and I'm looking back up at the projection window to see is somebody in there so they can see that yeah. the freaking lights are on and I, I can't <laughs> see this. Now, I've seen that trailer already online so it's not a big deal, but wanting to see it on the big screen yeah. was it, i'm like okay i'm a geek yes i i nerd out on that i want to see it and i couldn't that was very frustrating it, man it was just it wasn't a great overall experience and yeah. i don't think it helped it didn't going into start, the movie yeah, yeah, well. it, it, it really put me i was already in a mood <laughs> going into this movie and then that theater it just really it set it off even more I, so dude i i I did get quite a bit of entertainment out of the looks on your face <laughs> when, I oh, when you in. walked out. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I walked in, you, you're just like, I can't believe I'm sitting here doing this. <laughs> oh man, it's just 
from buying $40 tickets yeah. to the fluorescent lights to the projection being wasn't washed a start, out. Wasn't a good start. It wasn't good. But here, here's, here's a good, here's a good, a positive, a pro from this whole experience that um, I want to talk about. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the theater or the movie that we saw. And that is a movie that I thought I would never say I'm excited to see, and that's Bumblebee. Really? Yes. Now, I hate the Transformers movies. I think yeah. they're noisy. I think uh-huh. they're they're ridiculous. They're cheesy, and yeah. they're just... It's eye candy for kids. And and it's the, the dialogue is just filthy in a yeah. terrible way, and it, they're boring. Even though there's so much going on, they're just boring. But Bumblebee... The character design and like the art art design for the Transformers, it actually looks like the '80s cartoons, and that's exciting to me because I grew up playing with you know secondhand Transformers mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and they look unique and interesting, and the transforming actually you can tell what is happening. And the one thing that I noticed in the trailer was like the action scenes aren't just like up close in the metal. You can actually see and tell what's going on and who's fighting who. And I'm actually kind of excited for this movie. Hmm. So, and I have kind of a soft spot for John Cena because yeah, he's, yeah. he's not a great actor, but he's charismatic. He's yeah. kind of like the rock in that regard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I think, and that's, they're going to get me. Paramount's going to get me again. I'm going <laughs> to, I mean, I haven't seen the last two Transformers. So, you know, they didn't get me on that at least. Yeah. But, uh, I just, yeah, I was actually excited for this movie. I think it looks interesting, and and uh, at least art direction wise, it looks. I think it looks great. What was it? Was Mark Wahlberg the one, in the last one? In the last three or last two? Oh, I don't think I saw the last one. I saw the one prior to that, primarily because the kids wanted to see it, and there was nothing else in it going on. What's the week? one with the dinosaurs? With the dinosaurs, was Age of Extinction. I think was that the last one? That was the last one. Didn't oh, see it. Oh, that was the last one. Yeah, I didn't see it. I saw. I can't remember. It was. The the one where Megan Optimus Fox, Prime, no, and, uh, Megan Fox isn't even in it. It's a Mark Wahlberg one. I guess oh, I had. I guess it was the first one with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one and I didn't finish. I had 15 minutes left and I said, "Not worth it." <laughs> <laughs> you went all the way to the, yeah, all the way, yeah. almost it, to the it, end. It wasn't even. It was one of those things where it was like, "I've made it this far, but you know what? I don't have to finish this." Right. And I, I got more important things to do I, with this 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I'm going to go read a camera article for 15 mm-hmm. minutes instead of watching this. So, but anyways, Bumblebee, I'm excited for it. That's about the only thing. They showed the Dark Phoenix trailer. I'm I'm just I'm burnout on X-Men, 20th Century Fox X-Men. We talked about it last week. I'm done. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not it's not resonating at all. I, I and the the X-Men was really more quite honestly, my mom was way more into the X-Men primarily because Jean-Luc Bricard um, oh, she's got a Jean-Luc Picard, uh, yeah. Patrick Stewart little yeah. thing going on. Huh? Yeah, and that and that was kind of what I mean. She was a Trekkie growing up, so okay, and that was her, and so yeah, she was into that, and I so I was like, okay, cool, and it was something that we would go see. I would I would take one for the team, basically, but it really it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I like the character. I like Jack Hugh Jackman's character Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he's done a great job with that. But beyond that, I'm like, yeah, Fantastic Four. Yeah, there's I'm not like, a whole eh. lot of other characters to that I really care much about. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the writing, you know, yeah. and, and the way that they focus the characters. And, yeah. Um, you know, I remember, you know, growing up because I was, gosh, what was I, uh, 15, I think, 14 or 15. 
when the first X-Men came out um, and then X2. So those two I remember fondly. Like those were great comic book movies, especially like for the time period that they came out. Sure. In that Spider-Man, you know, Sam Raimi Spider-Man era. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I haven't watched them since then probably, but they, I think they probably hold up in the regard of just remembering what that era of comic book movies was. And then now you have Logan, um, which is a totally different tone than that one. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a great comic book movie for the time period that it's in right now. So, but as for the rest of these characters, I mean, days of future past and, um, apocalypse, I I just, I don't care. I'm over it. I'm, I'm ready for, (laughs) I'm just ready for Marvel to take it over and, and, and do what they do. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, MCU, I think because of, you know, we've mentioned this before, the technology and the timing, as well as them sitting down and planning it out. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that they sat down and realized, what do we want the next 10 years to look like? What do we want the next 20 years to look like film wise? Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, I can't follow the timeline of the X-Men movies. They're all over the place. Yeah. Not to mention. Wait, is there a timeline? Well, I don't know. (laughs) It's it's such a weird because they and and one of them, I think they actually literally go back in time and erase the current timeline. But. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember. Yeah. Days of Future Past. I think they did that. But. My thing is that this Dark Phoenix movie is supposed to take place, I think, in like 1990 or 1992. So, um, start that over. <laughs> so, Dark Phoenix is supposed to take place in 1992, but Patrick Stewart and, well, Patrick Stewart's not in it, but James McAvoy is playing, you know, Professor X, mm-hmm. and then Michael Fassbender is playing, you know, Magneto, which was Ian McKellen. This is 1992. Like, they should look like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart by now. If, we're in that timeline because Ian right. McKellen and Patrick Stewart look like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart in 1999. Mm-hmm. So where, you know, they're going to have a really bad radioactive <laughs> time jump. I don't know. Anyways, that's enough of, of the X-Men. Well, I'm sure we'll go and see that when it comes out, which is June now or July, they moved it back again. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, yeah, I'm over the franchise. I'm ready for, I'm ready for it to be redone. So, um, but speaking of being over franchises, let's get to our featured presentation of a franchise that just started yesterday, <laughs> but I'm already over. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Venom. 2018. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get the, let's get the formalities out of the way real quick. Directed by Ruben Fleischer? 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 Fleischer. Yeah. Fleischer, I think it's Fleischer. Think. Yeah. Um, he did Zombieland, which I really enjoy. I think it's pretty great. And then he also did 30 Minutes or Less, which I think is a okay movie. Um, but then the DP was Matthew Libatique. Here's this guy again. Right. And I text you as the credits were going by, and I was shocked. Yeah. Not because it was like up to his quality and standard. I, it, this is another case of, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get into it in a minute, but it feels like um, he maybe was pigeonholed. He was he was boxed into had, a look. Had to have been. Because, and the timing. I mean, yeah. they announced it and, it, and they announced the release like it was going to, and they only had a year. Yeah. Maybe a little over a year. And it shows in a lot of ways. Yeah. The year, yeah. I mean, and it also feels, yeah, the script feels like it was maybe already taken from something earlier you know, from the, the Sam Raimi universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing that's crazy, though, is Matthew Libatique, he did this, and then the same weekend he has A Star is Born come out, and that movie looks beautiful. So it's just, it's an interesting way to look at um, 
you know, it's an interesting thing to look and see kind of what studios require or studios demand. And I think he had a lot more freedom and he probably had a lot more interaction with um, Bradley Cooper on A Star is Born mm-hmm. with what they wanted to do look wise. And the color grade on Star is Born is amazing. So uh, this this movie is is it's so boring to look at. It's it's flat. It's ugly. It's it's just in. And, and I mentioned it feels like a script that was taken from the Sam Raimi world. And we were talking about this after we saw it. And it feels like a movie that belongs in comic book movies from 15 years ago. Yeah. 18 years ago, yeah. whenever whenever that first Spider-Man series yeah. came out. Well, Spider-Man 3 was 2007. Okay. That was the last, that was the first time we see Venom. Venom, right. Topher Grace. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that Topher Grace Venom, and I'll probably get yelled at for this, is actually a better representation of the way that Venom starts out. Because when, when, when Topher Grace's Eddie Brock gets taken over by the symbiote, um, he he goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens yeah, in yeah. the comic books. Yeah, and he goes crazy in the comic books, and, and he has to struggle with being Venom and being Eddie Brock, but then he starts to kind of like being Venom, and he goes, he goes insane and, and crazy. There's none of that in this. Right. This skips all of that. This skips New York. This goes right to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, at first I was like, okay, this is kind of a, a neat idea to just, just put him in San Francisco. He's away from, it explains why Spider-Man's not in it. Yeah. Um, but then about halfway through it, almost all of the city shots, it was like they were trying to make you feel like you were in New York. There was a lot of um, like down alleyway shots or mm. like he's walking mm-hmm. on the street and there's like a pizza place there. And I was like, yeah. they wanted this to be in New York and it wasn't. I mean, I know that's just the way some of San Francisco looks, but you could tell that they were they were really trying to to feel like they were still in New York, even though they weren't able to be hmm that's interesting yeah so let, let me let, let me unpack the whole new yeah, york thing let, for let's, a second let's go back to the that. the because comic wise i mean that's how venom gets a lot of his strength his, his like he mimics spider-man mm-hmm. so we don't have that part of the story now it took me a minute to get over that um but understanding that you know venom and spider-man are fighting you know they fight they go back and forth for who knows how many, you know, um, years. I mean, in the comic books. Yeah, and then finally they come to this arrangement where Venom wants to be good, and Spider-Man says, "Yeah, that's great, but there's not enough room in in this town for both of us." And so then Venom ends up in San Francisco, and right. then the, you know the comic can, continues on. So for them to start their the movie there and you know, kind of rewrite that idea. I'm, I was okay with, I'm like, okay, I I see what, I see where you're going with this. You don't have to, obviously there's the business aspect of it where Disney owns Marvel. You don't want crossover, you know, and this is Sony, but, um, so, so much of the issue that I have with it though, isn't so much the location. It's the, it's the, the backstory that is required for Eddie Brock's character and the Venom character in general. Because um, Eddie Brock works at the Bugle with Peter Parker yeah. in, in the original story, and then he gets jealous of Peter. And so yeah. there's this animosity there. Yeah. And then Venom is rejected by Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, and so there's an animosity from the actual Venom symbiote. Yeah. And then they find, you know, Eddie Brock and, and, and the Venom find each other, and then they become Venom. 
And you don't get any of that in this. Right. And you also don't get any animosity. I mean, the Eddie Brock character in this is actually like a, a really good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at no point, well, I'm not going to get into that. That's a little spoilery. So I'll, I'll wait on that. We're going I want to postpone yeah, the spoilery yeah. stuff yeah. till later. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a warning on that. But <laughs> there's, yeah, I mean, I want to do no spoilers first. But just overall, I, I guess we're in the cons right now. I'll go through the cons unless, unless, well, you know what? You know, I'll give some pros. All right, Tom Hardy's accent not as bad as I was expecting. It sounds really terrible in the trailers, so I was really worried that it was going to sound just, just like a wood floor. And not like New York at all. There's actually a little bit of a New York style accent in that, which is fitting for that character, except that never comes up. He never once has a, you know, a, a Mets shirt on or a Yankees shirt on or anything on that like right. says that he's from that area. You kind of right. just pick up on the accent. And then if you aren't a comic book person, you have no idea that that's yeah. where he came from originally. Right. Um, and that's it. Well, that's my wait, one. There pro. was there was a line. There was a line in there where it talked where he I mean, and it's very fleeting height and super brief. And if you weren't paying acute attention, you would have missed it where he talks about like what the the um, the agency or the news outlet that he was with before he got to that one. Does he say New York, though? I don't think he says New York, but he makes a reference to an agency that might have been in New York. So, mm, so he's referencing the bugle there, I guess. I mean, I didn't, I didn't catch if it was exactly the bugle, but and they was, definitely didn't say it. Yeah, because the whole time I'm waiting for them to say, yeah, you know, your your previous job at the Daily Bugle, like, you yeah, know, they recommended you highly for here, because it's not like Sony doesn't own that right to right. To, to put that kind of stuff in there. They right. totally could have. Yep. Especially since the the current MCU Spider Man has no connection to the Daily Bugle yet. Right, he's still in high school. Right, you could have used that. Mm-hmm. So it was just it seemed a little strange to me that they would go so far away from the original creation of that character to me. But um, his, his accent is about the only positive I think I have for the movie. His, his accent's not <laughs> terrible. Um, and that's it, man. I can't, I can't, can you think of any, any other positives that you had for this? I, I, well, I think Tom Hardy as an actor, I think he put, I think he, I think he brought his A game and he, he did, definitely didn't I think he made, yeah. no, I think he made every effort. I think you're right. And, and, uh, so the, the, the criticisms that I have aren't at any fault no. of, of Tom Hardy's no, effort. He was definitely that. working the best with what he had, you know, with what he was given. I, mm-hmm. I think he actually is probably the best thing of the movie, which yeah. is good. Yeah. But everything around that is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Um, it, like it's, it's an ugly movie. It's a boring movie and it's so corporate looking. To me, it just feels like a paint by numbers, <laughs> you know, plug in, plug in scenes in here, right. plug in scenes yeah. in here just to get yeah. the point. There's not really a plot at all. I mean, there's kind of a plot where the, the not Elon Musk bad guy wants <laughs> to, Elon. wants to live forever <laughs> basically, yeah. but yeah. It, budget Elon Musk, bud, yeah, budget Elon <laughs> Musk and I don't know. I didn't care for that character at all. I thought he was terribly overacted, which is bad because like Riz Ahmed is, I think he's a great actor. He's in Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal and he's amazing in that. And it's just sad to like see what could have been. He could have been a very interesting character, but, and I just realized this, he feels like Willem Dafoe in the first Spider-Man. Ah, green, green goblin Mm -hmm. in that. He feels just like another Mm -hmm. rehash of that. 
and it do, it doesn't work at all. Every every side character that isn't Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock is just boring, emotionless, and well, I think here's an here's another issue that that lends to that is that I think their original intent when they when they approached this film was it was going to be R, a rated R film. So yeah, when you when you communicate that originally ahead, you know, as the actors are preparing for for their roles, that that's going to bring a, a completely different spin to it. Like you're gonna, it's going to be a. And then when you try to pull it back to PG-13 in the edit, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect. Yeah. So it did feel like, and I don't, I didn't find any information out, but it did feel like there was maybe some either, either some serious editing um, done to this where just giant chunks of this movie were taken out or uh, reshoots. Um, I didn't, I didn't read anything about reshoots. I did hear that Tom Hardy said that his favorite 40 minutes is four zero minutes of the movie were cut out. That's a huge chunk of the movie. Yeah. This movie is an hour and 52 minutes. Um, Honestly, I mean, it was, it was boring to me. I think there's stuff that actually could have been cut out. Yeah. But it could be an hour and a half. Yeah. But at the same time, right now, at the same time, it could have used an extra 30 minutes of just something else Uh, because there was so much of the first part of the movie where you're waiting for, for something to happen or you're waiting for just better character development. Right. Um, yeah, that was that's that's totally it. There, that's there, there's like nail no character on the head development right at all. Yeah, e- even for Eddie Brock's character, there's no there's no you know um, there's just no journey. Yeah, for any of these people at yeah. all, you're not emotionally tied. No, I didn't care yeah. at all. I mean, at one point, I think I was. I think I was 40, 45 minutes into the movie and I just looked over to my wife and I said, I could take a nap and I wouldn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I just, it was, it was just so boring and nothing happened. And the first, the first Venom moment isn't until like maybe, maybe that point. Yeah. Like 45 minutes into it, maybe. It might have been a little earlier, but still like, I don't know. Any, anything before we get into spoilers? Um, no, it's. I mean, it's interesting that you that forty minutes of what Tom felt like was probably some of the best part gets cut, and it it that that to me is fascinating. Like, what's going through the the editing? Mm-hmm. What's what's going through their minds of hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut cut this. I also understand that from from what I read that he um, improved up to nine hours of the dialogue when, um, as far as on the front end, when he to the point when he was wrestling with the symbiote when he okay was, so like the in, in internal dialogue between him and venom yeah type of a thing okay and so nine hours wow and i and i think that maybe some of that because like you said the, the character development was lacking completely just a comparison that you made to to the sam raimi version where obviously brock and parker mm-hmm. there's the, you know there's there's some tension that's created there's in, yeah you know where you, there's that character development where you can connect like oh yeah i've got that guy at my work that i told you right i mean and i'm not saying that that (laughs) eddie brock and venom are are the perfect representation of that character but at least sam raimi and those writers understood yeah the eddie brock and venom character character development element was more successful than it was in this one yeah and and I think that you know that maybe that has that that has a huge part of reason why it doesn't land well. And you know you've got it. You're 45 minutes in and you don't have any kind of attachment to the character. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. So that I think that's going to be it for non-spoilers. 
everything else is probably going to spoil it. So if you don't want to get spoiled at all, um, we'll, you know, we'll put a time code down there at, at the, at the bottom to, for our, our, our outro or, mm-hmm. or you can just find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at, at the easy podcast. And then I'm on Instagram uh, at Zach Abbott's and then Eric is on Instagram as at Eric Thurston. All right. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. <laughs> You've now been warned. Spoilers, spoilers. For Venom. Boop, 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 yeah. boop. Spoilery alert. If you're still here, <laughs> if you're still here, this is your own fault. Yep. Okay. The final battle. I had no idea what was going on between him and Riot. The Venom and Riot f- battle at the rocket ship yeah. launch site. I, it, I couldn't tell who was who, what was going on. And it was some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in 2018. And it was just a mess. It was a mess, and it didn't make any sense to me. And at one point, the Venom character says, yeah, Riot's got weapons you ain't ever seen before. Well, first of all, yeah, of course, Eddie Brock hasn't seen the weapons. You're an alien, and you've been there for a day and a half. <laughs> Two, right. like, you can you're, you can literally make whatever you want with the symbiote. Why can't you also make the same weapons? They don't go into any explanation right. for that character right. reasoning whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then the just the throwing in of um, weird, weird lines for the female character to try her, try to make her seem like macho and, and like, like that she's a badass, but she's really not. It was just like, it was only through right, dialogue. Like, right. Like, let me turn this knob on. Yeah. This, like, on oh, this I can control. fight dirty. What? Yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, that's great, but you, you didn't give her any power. You didn't right. give her any sort of character to build up, to show that, she is, a, you know, a force to be reckoned with in her own right. And it just felt really, just really forced to me to yeah. try and make a, like a, a strong female character. But what you did is you made a cliche of a strong female character. Exactly. And that's how it came across to me. Yeah. Gimmicky, gimmicky, gimmicky is what I say about that. I mean, and to your point with the final fight. Yeah. You got two blobs that are relatively the same color. I wish they were totally different. I mean, the coloring, the only yeah. difference in the coloring was in the veins, maybe. They were a little grayer yeah, on one, Riot. When yeah. one was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was, it was a mess. I completely agree. And the, the other aspect of it, too, you know, you mentioned, oh, he's got weapons, you know nothing about. The dialogue. Oh, man. The, the dialogue was, you're trying too hard. Yeah. Like, you, you tried to take a, a Marvel, an MCU formula and plug it in, and, and it doesn't work no. that way. No, it doesn't. And, and <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it just came across gimmicky for sure. And there's just, I, I honestly think that there's a movie in there that if you cut out all of the side characters, it wouldn't have any different effect on the movie hmm. at all. If you, if you, if you cut out, um, oh, let me get to this real quick. The, 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 the divorce or whatever you want, the breakup. Mm-hmm. So Eddie Brock goes to this life foundation, which how on the nose is that freaking name for a company that's trying to help people live longer, like ridiculous. Anyways, he goes there and he starts, you know, he's interviewing Riz Ahmed's character and he gets him in trouble. So then Eddie gets fired and then that in turn gets her fired from her lawyer job because he, you know, snuck onto her computer. And then I guess they found out somehow that she was the the leak. Mm -hmm. And so she gets fired. I don't know how long their relationship was before this, but I feel like her dumping him in front of her own 
ex-job. Right. Her previous As job she drops out, the ring, yeah. the wedding ring. Like they've been engaged mm-hmm. and then leaves them right there. There's not a conversation. There's not there's not even like a heated moment really. Um, Michelle Williams is so flat in this movie that I, you would think he was just talking to a wall the whole time. She has zero emotion whatsoever at, at, in this movie. Like it's, it's astonishing how boring she is. And I think she's great. Blue Valentine. She's great in. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't understand the, the acting or the directing in a lot of these movies or a lot of this movie. Yeah. She, she is definitely a better actress than what we saw in this movie. Oh yeah. That is for sure. There's no question with that. And I read, and I can't remember if it was off of um, Hollywood reporter or variety, but I I read a a piece on, on her in this film and, and, and the paycheck was a thing in this article. Oh, she brings it up. Like there was like, well, yeah, and the paycheck was was. Oh well, there's your the answer. Right then. Yeah, I was yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute, because totally, it felt like oh, it felt like I'm in, just man. getting yeah, phoning oh. it in was like the. It's so like, bad. Uh, you could have dropped all these side characters and it wouldn't have mattered at all. Yeah. I mean, you could have just written it to where instead of her new boyfriend being a doctor. Eddie just goes to the hospital when he when he gets the parasite, the ven- the venom symbiote. Because when you get sick, you go to the hospital. Yeah, he didn't need the side character of her new boyfriend being a surgeon and all right. this. Mm-hmm. No, he did no surgical things whatsoever. He just was a surgeon. And I I, I remember I remember the the moment where she um where she says, oh yeah, that's so and so, my new boyfriend or whatever. And he goes, oh, is he a lawyer too? And she goes. No, he's a doctor, a surgeon, actually. I looked over at my wife and I went, wonder if that's going to come back into play in a second. Literally 10 minutes later, it's a, it's a right. point. It's a thing, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, come on. But you didn't need it. Yeah. He is sick. He didn't need a surgeon. He right. needed a CT scan. Yeah. He went and he got a CT scan. A surgeon doesn't have to do that. Right. So he's sick. Obviously, you're going to go to the hospital, especially when you just did with what you just did. Right. It didn't make any sense. That character didn't need to be there. You could have just written it to where he just went to the hospital. The CT scan freaks the Venom character out. He runs out of the hospital, and then the the, the Life Foundation security guys, they they hear about that, and then they start chasing him down. Mm-hmm. That would have been such an easier way. You didn't need you didn't need the doctor. You didn't need the ex-wife or whatever mm-hmm. she was. Yeah. Just just terrible. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. That didn't just didn't it didn't work. And I think here, I, I think that whole thing with they announced it and then they announced the release date and they tried to cram this whole thing. Like even for Spider-Man Homecoming, which was Sony, Sony Marvel pair. Yep. Took them two years to get that done. Right. Take the time. Yep. Right. Again, that's the formula that these other studios are missing is taking the time to develop these things. Yeah. In they're a way rushing. That, they're rushing everything. Yeah. They're like, no, got to get out. Got to get out. Got to yeah. get out. Yeah. Now, on, on, an, on a side note, it's made $80 million so far. I know. I'm like. At, at the time of recording this, it, you know, we're part of the problem. We, we paid money <laughs> We went. That. Yeah. We, we did. <laughs> $80 million. I mean, this movie is, is the worst movie I've seen this year, and I saw The Meg. Because at least in the Meg, I had fun with it. I, I laughed at I laughed at how bad it was, uh-huh. I, you know. And, I laughed and, at how bad the trailer was. Yeah, <laughs> and I laughed at Jason Statham. And there's actually a funny moment in the Meg where you know it's actually funny. And this movie was just it was so trying. It was just trying so hard. Trying too hard. We'll take the Marvel Ugh. formula and try to plug it in, and we can. But no, I, I think yeah. What makes Marvel magic, it really, what really does is the cast, mm-hmm. the improv, 
Yeah. Which is, I think, why Tom Hardy spent so much time doing the improv, because like we saw with in Infinity War, you know, the, the whole, you know, where's Gamora? Who's Gamora? Right. Why is Gamora? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's just so much to the improv that makes it seem more natural and it, real. It, yeah. And I'm sure yeah. they unset. Everybody starts laughing and they're yeah. like, oh, yes, we're doing well, that. Right. You know, and those discovery moments don't happen it in feels, a formula. It feels like and I, I know we we love on marvel a lot and we'll you know people will probably give us crap for that but um it feels like the marvel movies are a team of people making a movie together Mm -hmm. and it feels like everything else dc and even the sony marvel stuff and and to some some extent the the fox x-men stuff feels very much like a boardroom getting together and making a movie and less so much about creatives making a movie yes to- that is it. That's that's right on the money. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're still making money, unfortunately. Of course, but. they're still making money. But I think in that same vein, that's what Solo screamed out to me. Solo yeah. screamed to me in the trailers, a bunch of execs sitting in a boardroom talking, how can we milk more money out of this franchise? Yep. And, and oh, hey, people love Han Solo. Let's do that. Absolutely. People don't love Han Solo. People love Harrison Ford as yes. Han Solo. And they don't. They didn't need the backstory. No, you didn't need R- no. Rogue One backstory. Awesome, well done. Yeah, because it stood on its own. You, you, it wasn't necessarily a story that needed to be told. Rogue One, but right. it was a fun story to tell. It was fun and it, it looked beautiful. You didn't have you didn't have previous relationships with the with the characters. Yeah, preconceived, so, right? Like, yeah. It, yep. Yeah. And and there's moments in Solo uh, that I really enjoyed, but for overall, yeah, it was it just was definitely a cash grab in a, in a lot of ways for, for sure. sure. And um, this isn't a, a solo episode, so we'll get back on track. <laughs> but I just had to say that no, the only it, reason why I saw Solo, which I finally did, was because it was free on the airplane. On airplane, which <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how they intended you to see it was on a tiny little ten inch airplane uh, seat monitor. Um, getting back to Venom though, there's, there's a scene in the trailers where, um, it's, it's very early on in the early first trailers where Venom is an Andy Brocker driving a motorcycle mm-hmm. and they're going down the San Francisco streets and, and the Venom tentacles are going out and doing a bunch of stuff. And this scene was so boring. <laughs> it lasted way too it long. Was so long too. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, it was a, it was probably 50% longer than it needed to be. Absolutely. And the, it was boring. I didn't care about it at all. It wasn't shot interestingly. And since we're in spoilers, there's the end credit, the, the final end credit scene is a, a five and a half minute like preview for uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes. And there's a, a short chase scene in that, in, in just that five minute preview. So it's maybe only two and a half minutes of the actual preview is this, mm-hmm. is this chase scene. Where Miles Morales' Spider-Man uses knocked out Peter Parker's spider web to latch onto a subway train. And then they go through the city streets of New York. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> and it's a, I know it's a cartoon scene. So they can do whatever they want. But it's just, you still have camera angles in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. You still yeah. have composition in a yep. cartoon. You still yep. have interesting things to do. Storyboarding, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and this movie, the whole, like, they should not have put this preview at the end of this movie because it just made me realize the hour and 52 minutes that I wasted <laughs> watching Venom and what could have been. Because the chase scene and Into the Spider-Verse 
is so cool. There's these, there's just a bunch of really cool elements and yeah. Spider-Man running up a, a bus and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. It made me realize that that motorcycle chase scene in Venom needed to be Eddie Brock as Venom just running through the streets of San Francisco mm-hmm. and not being on a motorcycle and then just climbing up a wall because the parts that I did kind of like about Venom was when he is Venom and he's just ripping into this wall and he's climbing up this giant skyscraper, like yeah. stuff like that's really like, cool. Oh, you needed to go up. Why didn't you just ask? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, you could have, you could have had a whole really cool chase scene where he's just ripping apart cars and he's just blasting through buildings and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I'm sure it was a budget thing, but it just comes across boring. It, this, this movie is so boring and I know I'm saying it over and over again, <laughs> I just, I can't get over how bored I was. I I went into this totally expecting to laugh at how bad it was or just shake my head or I just left tired (laughs) and bored and I didn't want anything to do with this universe anymore. (laughs) That's, you know, I was thinking about, you know, you talk about the chase scene and comparing this chase scene to Black Panther's chase scene coming out of the casino, Mm -hmm. right? So let's do a side-by-side. So the chase scene in Venom is right up at the top. You don't have any character development. You're not not emotionally invested yet. And they kind of go through this ho-hum chasing mm-hmm. basically yeah. yeah it's pretty yeah pretty a and b yeah it's it it's like okay here's your formula for your chasing yeah. da, 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 da. all right got those shots done move on and it, and it's nothing interesting now compared to the black panther chasing the black panther chasing is in the middle of the film where you have already had that character yeah. development yeah. and and then you have some really cool, unique things that happen in that chase scene, right? You've got this virtual driver, like his sister's virtually driving right. the, the, the one car, mm-hmm. which is like this, oh, that's cool. That doesn't take more money. It doesn't take no. any more money to do. No. And then and then he, um, oh gosh, uh, Claw ends up oh, shooting yeah. and blowing up the, the Lexus, well, mm-hmm. and then he flies off into the building, and then he jump. He does some cool building jumping like things, yep. and then rips off the wheel right. on the truck right. with his. With that, I mean, that was. I mean, okay, cool. We've got something new. That something was, that visual. was the kind of stuff I was, wanted to see. Yes, in this. I wanted to see Venom ripping apart San yes. Francisco, and I didn't get any of that. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. Yeah, I got. I got a Dr. Evil lab on the side of a mountain that <laughs> overlooks the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Like, it's literally that. It's literally a Dr. Evil lair mm-hmm. built into the side of the mountain. When it showed up on screen for the first time, I chuckled because it's like, that is cringy and cliche and stupid. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's just such, it's so poorly written, honestly. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a 2008 ripoff of Iron Man's house in yeah, Malibu. It looks just like the Malibu house. And, 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 it, and it's, it's a poor ripoff. Yeah. Because they couldn't <laughs> even afford security cameras. <laughs> right. And, 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 and wait a minute, a 10, 10 or nine year old girl, like just, just walk walks in through the whole, like, what? yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the security, the, the, the lab <laughs> laboratory real quick. So. Um, the laboratory where Riz Ahmed's not Elon Musk is doing all of his testing and stuff is supposed to be this crazy, ridiculously secure lab. And he's got, he's the, he's the richest person in the world and all this stuff. 
and they can't afford security cameras or a dude at least sitting in a room watching security cameras him like Eddie, but apparently they have enough to that they have a, a an elite uh, squad yeah, of what of is that killers on which on that brings payroll. me to another thing that brings me to another thing is when when the motorcycle chase scene finally ends and the head security guy is standing over Eddie Brock. He goes, man, you've been such a pain in my side. I'm like, you've known him for like two hours. What are you talking about? You're talking like you've been chasing him for months. Right. Like This is, this is, it was just, it didn't make any sense. It felt like there was scenes missing. It felt mm-hmm. like there was stuff missing yeah. to all of that. And Probably I'm sure that was. 40 minutes that yeah. Tom Hardy was missing. Yeah. But it's crazy because this, the, this laboratory has no security cameras. They have to go and start questioning people to see who was in there last. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, she used her handprint to get in. Just look at the log records. Like, you're going to be able to tell, which is, I think is what they eventually do. But at the same time, wouldn't that be the first thing you do? But also get some security cameras and a dude that watches all the monitors. Like, at least, I mean, you're the richest guy in the world and you're killing people in a laboratory. Right. Why would you not have the best security available? Yeah, I, uh, hello. Yeah. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So. Okay. I, it dawns on me. It dawned on me last night after getting home. Okay. So I, I do want to share walking out of the theater. <laughs> you actually and your wife had walked out before. Yeah. And you were waiting for me to come out. And as I come out, you had this. And, and quite honestly, your response and reaction is Did probably more is probably more entertaining than the, than the whole movie. <laughs> I was so you, disappointed. You had that same posture, arms crossed. You had this disgusted look on your face like, I just wasted this evening. With, yeah. I could have been eating Taco Bell with my wife and having more fun. Yeah. yeah. Taco Bell would have been a, a more pleasing experience. <laughs> Oh, that it was, was I, I'm well, I'm glad that that moment was worth the, the $20 <laughs> ticket charge for you. So the last thing I want to get to, though, with with this is the uh, the first in credit scene. Mm. So mm-hmm. um, the mid credit scene. Yeah. yeah, the mid credit mm-hmm. scene. Um, so it introduces us. Eddie Brock has his job back and he's interviewing people and he goes into a prison cell and, uh, a very, very ginger headed Woody Harrelson mm. is sitting in a prison cell. And, um, he says a line, something like, uh, when I get out of here, there's going to be carnage. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're a comic book nerd, you know that he's carnage just by looking at him. Right. You don't need him to say it. Right. But then also, if you're not a comic book nerd, him saying there's going to be carnage Means doesn't nothing. make any sense yeah. to you. My yeah. wife has no idea about the comics. And she's like, who was that guy? And I was like, well, he's carnage. And she goes, oh, that's why he said that? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, it is. It's, it's one it of is. the worst yeah. mid-credit scenes or in-credit scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's also just such a it's such a ham-fisted attempt at like setting up a another like yeah. cinematic universe yeah it's just trying yeah. so hard and it, it, it failed miserably yeah and yeah I, yeah I just i hated this movie man yeah because it doesn't leave it here's the thing i think that you know if you look back at the early mcu easter eggs in the credit the end credit scenes there there is a mystery 
that's left. Yes. Right. Like I can I don't remember specifically, but you know, we're putting together a team or something. Mm-hmm. You know, as the, and the then other it, Iron Man one, and it and it it hints to the Avengers, but it's like you don't like comic book nerds are going yes, you know, at right. in the edge of their seat, but it doesn't. The Avengers movie, the first one, doesn't come for how many two, more years? Two and a half more years. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe even Three. more. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and it's just you know there's there's a mystery that's left. Yeah. In this scene, in this credit scene, there's no mystery. It's not you don't you're like okay who is that guy? It, well, it felt what, really weird what? too because it was kind of like a tonal difference to the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it felt like oh we we have to add an in credit scene. That's mm-hmm. what it felt like to me. It didn't feel like it was really for anything or to build up anything besides just showing you hey we got Woody Harrelson for this role. Right. You're gonna like it. Right. And that's about it. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it's the Easter eggs are supposed to tease something and get you excited about whatever the yeah. next thing is. This just this made me roll my eyes. It wasn't a tease at all. It was just like, here's what it's going to be. Yeah. No mystery. No. no it just, there you go. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so you're going to have another one of these. You're going to try to plug that storyline into this same formula yeah. and make another $80 million. Right. I mean, it, at least Carnage, if they do it on screen, he'll be red and you can tell him apart from right. Venom. When they're fighting. Yeah. yeah. When they're fighting, at least mm-hmm. that's about it. But, you know, I had this, I had this conversation with my wife and she, you know, she, she chimed in on it too about you could have went a totally different route with this movie and just made it about like kind of uh, maybe not like a PTSD, but like a, a real mental health thing mm-hmm. where, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's dealing with these inner demons, which are literal. Right. And he's having a, a mental breakdown, which Eddie Brock does in the comics. Right. And he's struggling with this whole thing. And, you know, in, instead we got him having just like a bad cold. <laughs> You know, it was like, hey, I just feel a little under the weather. Yeah. And then I get a fever. Yeah. And, and, and the only prescription is, is live people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe cowbell. Did cowbell resonate at 4,000 hertz? I, oh, and that was another thing. I don't <laughs> I don't know if that's in the comics or not, but him, his only weakness, and he literally tells him right. what the hertz is. Right. Yeah. The exact sound hertz is. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. And fire. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I'm like, okay. So fires, obviously, that's how you're going to kill the main but bad how would he know that the, how would he know that fire is a weakness if he hadn't experienced fire yet i don't know uh. i mean maybe they did it in the lab but that's another thing they didn't show us right yeah there's a lot of like fill in the blanks on your own but not in a good way i don't mind those kind of movies where you have to like kind of guess and you're yeah. like you're, you're making yeah. up your own stories when you go along with it because that makes you part of the story yes and then you're engulfed in it yeah but this was just kind of like wait what when did that happen oh wait uh, no that like there's the scene where she's uh where his ex-wife for fiance is on the phone with him and she's asking him where are you where are you i need you to come into the hospital there's some serious stuff going on with you i need you to come no and he's like no i can't i can't tell you where i am i can't tell you bye hangs up that's it 10 minutes later not even that long SWAT team shows up and the whole there's a whole venom interaction where he picks up a guy by his legs and swings him around like a baseball bat. Hulk smash. That's terrible. <laughs> but then his ex-fiance shows up. Yeah. She had no idea he was going to be there. She had no idea he should have been there. It right. didn't make any he sense. There's a there. scene missing there. Yeah, there and, they, is. and they thought, nah, people will be fine. They yeah. don't need to know how that happened. No, I mean, I, I was visibly confused when, yeah. when that happened. So instead of, you know, him him losing his mind, he gets a cold. And then we have this weird, like, buddy cop movie with him and Venom. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's boring. Don't, please don't give any more money to this movie. <laughs> Wait for it to end up on FX. 
Max or something because it's it's just awful. It really is. It's it's the worst movie this year. Don't don't see it. Um, well, and I think here's the other thing oh, that man. I think coming out of this whole anti-hero thing, right? Because because Venom really isn't a hero. In, no, he's anti-hero. In, for yeah, sure. and so Deadpool, the success that Deadpool had, and that goes back to our conversation we had a couple weeks ago. Yes, where I said you Sony could have taken a chance and went the Deadpool route, and I think this movie would have been better for it. Yeah, yeah. If it would have taken the, itself maybe not as serious, but then also really went hard on the, look, we're an adult movie. Yeah, it's R. It's yeah. going to be R. Let it be R. Yeah. Write it so that, I mean, that was the original intent. Yeah. Stick to your game plan. Yeah. And Venom's eating heads left and right in this movie, and there's no blood at all. There's yeah. nothing. The end scene is him eating the, the gang member that's asking the lady for her money all the time. Right. And there's he, it shows a wide shot of the of the the shop after he does it, and there's no blood anywhere. Right, and there's no guy anywhere. And there's, there's no, no parts. Nothing. There's no nothing. Nothing. So yeah, it, yeah it's so just he ate the whole thing. Yeah, and that's what I was like. <laughs> where's the body? Yeah. Like all all you talked about in the whole movie was eating heads, and that was it. Yeah. Where's the rest of them? Like you eat the whole. Okay. Well, he did talk about pancreas and what was that? Well, that was internal. Yeah, though. internal organs. But man, yeah. But it, yeah, and it was just I I think with the Deadpool comparison, Deadpool goes are Deadpool also spends the time to do the character development. Yeah. Like you, you, you get drawn get in, yeah. you get, dra- you get drawn into the whole process and, and, and it's like you, you get thrown into this character without any of that development. And, and that's, and that's a miss. And yeah. that's why I think this misses. It misses the mark pretty bad. So yeah. don't go see it. Um, don't give them any more money for this. They've but if you do, if you do want to support Tom Hardy, there's, there's a, uh, Oh, maze. Oh yeah. <laughs> something yeah. Kind of amazing. Do thing his amazing thing. That'll be better. <laughs> Sony won't get a cut of that. Just yeah, don't see funny. this movie. Don't pay to see this movie. Um, it only fuels the fire for for more Sony Marvel movies. Um, and I'm I'm just sick of it. I'm over it. I'm done. Let's talk about something else. So what's coming out next? Uh, anything that you're excited for that you're? Well, okay. We're talking end credit scenes. The end credit scene for Into the Spider Verse. I it actually got me excited. Yeah, this I is wasn't a Sony movie. I want to see. I wasn't excited about it. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, you're gonna mess up the Spider-Man thing, and you got this cartoon, and it's like, what? And then this trailer dropped, and okay, it was long. It was longer than just a regular end credit scene. It felt like it was five minutes long. I think it was. Yeah. Um, I, think, I mean, it was basically a scene from yeah. the movie. I mean, they cut it out. I was actually. This made me excited to see it. It looks really great. It yeah. looks really cool. Um, I'm pretty excited for it. So yeah, that'll be. I think that's in December yeah. that that's coming out. Yep, so we're a little ways away from it. But, um, you know, as, as for next week, you know, we're kind of in a dry spell right now for movies. And um, well, they, there's Stars Born. Stars Born is out. I'm, I'm going to go check that out. I'm probably going to go see that. My wife said I need to go see that. All right. Um, there's next week, though, is First Man, which is something that I'm excited about. That's Ryan Gosling and mm-hmm. the uh, Lance, not Lance Armstrong. Um <laughs> Uh, Neil, <laughs> Neil, Neil Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's the Neil Armstrong, you know, Buzz Aldrin story of them going to the moon. And I think it looks beautiful. And, and there's a, I'll probably have to go to an actual IMAX to see it. Cause they, they shot some stuff in real IMAX. And, um, yeah, that, that's, I think the next movie that I'm excited for, but then the week after that is Halloween, not actual Halloween, but the right. movie the, Halloween, the movie Halloween. Yeah. Uh, I guess it premiered at something or they had a showing of it last week and it sounds like it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for 
for it and um, anything that just gets this bad venom taste out of my mouth. Well, we've got actually there's some other I'm excited to see Bohemian Rhapsody. When is that? That's that, that releases November, first week of okay. November. Okay. Um that I definitely want to see. Um Bad Times at the El Royale. And that's next week too, right? That's next week as well, yeah. This movie could either be awful or just a really fun ride. I th- I'm hoping that it's going to be fun. It looks really um really interesting a kind of um Oh, I don't know, like Tarantino-y meets, mm-hmm. you know, something else. Yeah, just, Tarantino yeah. and Robert Rodriguez got together. and Again, and mm-hmm. actually did something, you know, together. Yeah, it does. It has that feel to it, and I'm actually pretty excited about it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be checking that one out along with First Man. So um, I think that about does it, though, for this week. Um, we've, we've talked about Venom at length. We've mm-hmm. complained about Venom at length. Um, I don't think there's much more to say about I'm it. I'm going to say one more thing. Oh, here we go. Because <laughs> uh, once I got home, oh, I, you had, and you I texted you, I text you this, and it dawns on me that Venom is the predator of okay. this day and age. Okay, it's it, not. It's the predator the or predator. Predator. Okay. So the original Predator was was just a mindless action movie of explosions Man, and eye candy. I, I that, really don't agree with you. That when it came out was awful. It was awful, which was my resistance to go seeing the Predator because it there was no there there was no you didn't I, have the character I development. Totally you didn't disagree have, with you. And then you watch. Mark no, my words. There's no way that in twenty five years thir- this movie is going to be 13, on a list. It was thirteen years from the time it released to the time it's it hit the happen. AFI top one hundred list. Venom is not going to be on some AFI top one hundred list. It's it's not going to happen. It's but it's going to get better acclaim it, than it's getting right well, now. Well, only because. Because Sony will release worse movies. <laughs> Mark my words. So this is going to get elevated because we're we're going to continue this downslope of quality. Exactly. Okay. It's not going to get any better from here, and so this one might be the best. And I totally disagree with you on Predator being as as bad as this. Mm. Predator has appropriate pacing it has a style Mm -hmm. and it has a uniqueness to it that at the time nothing else had okay yeah okay it's it's original in its own way and the pacing of predator is perfect it it goes from a 80s schlocky mindless action movie with a ton of macho men to cutting those macho men down, killing them all, getting rid of them, getting rid of all the weapons, and then making it about just a man versus beast movie. I'm sorry. Predator is so much better than this. <laughs> Venom is absolute trash. And, and it, to your point, the tone, the tempo, you're you're right. Venom that. is all over the place. Yeah. It's it's all over the place. Predator is far superior yeah. in, in every regard. So. I'm going to leave it at that. You're wrong. This has been episode four of the Easy Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll catch you next time. Check us out on YouTube at the Easy Podcast Show and on social media at the Easy Podcast. Uh, I'm on social media at Zach Abbotts, and you are? At Eric Thurston. All right, guys. We'll check you next time. Thanks. Peace. Peace.